Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, fellows? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. I wonder how many times I've said that so far because I feel like that's ingrained into my brain now. Maybe I should start the episode off with something different every once in a while. Anyways, today we are recording with my good friend who I feel like is literally just another version of me, Lydia Keating. She's been on the podcast two times already, but this so this is our third and she's literally the best. Uh, we have so much in common. She is basically TikTok famous. I would call her a TikToker, but she's also a writer. She's a runner. She just finished the New York City Marathon. And today, you guys just get to be a little bit of a fly on the wall for our conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about Inside Tracker, who is sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I've been working with Inside Tracker for almost two years now, which is kind of crazy. And when I tell you, it has been so helpful in terms of my fueling and lifestyle to be able to tailor it to my specifically blood work. It's incredible. I feel like there's just so much information on the internet about you should eat this, you should eat that, work out this way, work out that way. With Inside Tracker, basically you go get your blood work done. I usually do the ultimate test and it tests 43 different biomarkers and then they give you science back recommendations for how to help optimize those biomarkers so that you just feel your best athletically and just to live a longer, happier life. Inside Tracker was created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. You get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. Add InnerAge 2.0 to any plan to calculate your true biological age and see how you're aging from the inside out. Especially this holiday season, if you have someone that's data-oriented and super into nutrition, Inside Tracker would be a phenomenal gift. And for a limited time, you can take 20% off their top-selling ultimate plan if you're in the U.S. or Canada. Just go to InsideTracker.com forward slash Emma or use code Emma20 for 20% off. That's InsideTracker.com forward slash Emma or use code Emma20 for 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Now let's get into today's episode with Lydia. Okay, Lydia back on the podcast. Hey Obviously, yo. I feel like you're my co-host. Like we've been on enough times. Maybe so. we should do that. I've always wanted to do a podcast. So I'm the, but the thing is, I've told you this before. I'm so impressed with your dedication and consistency. Uh, um, <laughs> I will say this summer, I've not been very consistent, but I'm back on the grind now. But I, I actually, been, like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I don't really even know what I was going to say. Well, I was going to say that I listened to, I like went for a run and I listened to your podcast, um, one day and it must have been maybe a month ago where you were addressing you were like talking about your inconsistency and your announcement that you are you dropped your food Instagram mm -hmm. which was sad to hear it said it, it like really opened my eyes how um how like Instagram doing all their changes and and trying to be a video platform really affects creators and like how you were saying like you love to make like making 
foods and kind of like experimenting with new like little snacks and now you have to feel like you have to video every single step and it completely takes the fun out it just sucks because I I like I feel like I even though I didn't have a food account I kind of related to just like the the exhaustion of keeping up with the changes that TikTok and Instagram are constantly making just like zaps the fun out of it and then also like it being a source of income as well (laughs) (laughs) well it's like it was sad too because like my food Instagram was a really big source of my income so it was hard to give that up too like one of the things I was telling people was like my food Instagram is probably one of the biggest ways I make money yeah so why why did you give that one up then because like when I started my food Instagram what it was 2017 so I just feel like I've been doing it for so long Mm. um and also I was just like way more food food focused like back in the day when I was like still competing and stuff and like Mm -hmm. I don't know just over the years I've become less food interested and more Mm -hmm. like I think also because I have so many other things going on like the podcast like just I don't know other Mm -hmm. things in my life that it's just way harder to like I don't know spend a bunch of time making food and instead I'm finding myself like really hungry and eating carrots and hummus like yeah bag of carrots and hummus for lunch instead of like yeah. making an actual meal and I had more time back in the day so yeah. that combined with like everything turning to reels it was almost it was just like I need to give something up and like what is making me the least happy of my yeah. accounts and it was the food Instagram at the time yeah. um, but it was funny when I said when I announced that mm-hmm. I one of my reels went viral and I food, gained, one of the food re- one of the food the food reels went viral and I gained seven thousand subscribe or seven thousand followers from oh one my reel. god on Instagram on Instagram and I was like wow of course because I had seen yeah. like a, a steady decline in followers not that it's all about the followers but it's like yeah if I'm making content I'm losing followers every time I post I'm like wow that's really like yeah demotivating yeah, you know I'm like been no there yeah <laughs> been there it's not, it's not a fun feeling so then all of a sudden yeah. to be like hey I'm no more food Instagram and then all of a sudden I gained 7,000 um followers I was like yeah maybe I should rethink this um, yeah yeah. yeah I mean I ha- I've still been posting like occasionally it's more just like brain space I just needed to give something up to worry about every day I was like right just leave the food Instagram out of your brain space yeah 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 you know? so eliminate it from the checklist yeah but it was sad I mean I've been doing it for so long but you just yeah. have to keep adapting I guess yeah I don't know this summer was weird with my work stuff and I was really unmotivated but I'm back like to my normal self which feels good but it was oh good scary for a while to be honest I was like why am I like why is everything pulling teeth yeah yeah yeah, I I mean, you know, because I was texting you before the marathon, how like unmotivated I've been to run. And I feel like that was scary in the sense of like, oh, I have this massive race ahead of me. And like, that's like, even just in terms of my physical health, it's not good to not have been training very well for a marathon because you could get injured. But then also because so much of my content is around like running and fitness and like I would I was getting a few comments here and there like will you make more running videos and yeah when you just don't feel motivated to do the thing that you're like kind of supposed to be doing it's and you're like will I ever get this back but it comes in waves I guess yeah it's just hard when it lasts a long time yeah um because then you truly think like because then people are like oh just go on vacation you know take some time away from your phone whatever I did all of that this summer I was off of my phone I wasn't posting I skipped weeks of my podcast which is unlike me because I feel like I've been posting 
super consistently, like you said. Yeah, you're um, a consistent queen. Yeah, but this summer I was like off my rocker because I was like, I just can't. Yeah. Um, and it took, it was literally like four months, I think, of unmotivation. And wow. Yeah, but I feel like now, probably like October, mid-October, I was like, all right, I feel back to my normal self, which is nice. A lot of it, I think, was the boy situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spoke <laughs> offline about that. Yeah, Lydia and I have already been talking for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, you guys won't. Well, I don't know. Maybe do you give your followers the inside scoop? No, not really. Okay. Um, yeah, you guys will know. This summer. Yeah. So I think that was attributing to my lack of motivation, but we're back at it. But enough about me and my <laughs> relationship issues. I want to talk about your marathon because you obviously just ran New York, which I we did. just talked about. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah. yeah. Should yeah, I talk about it? Yeah, talk about it. <laughs> give us the tea. Well, the true inside scoop, which you already knew, which I just referenced a little bit earlier, but just so it's cold, cold brew coffee people know. Yeah. I was like actually kind of dreading it, which I feel like such a scumbag to say, because, um, it's, it is such a special, the New York city marathon is such a special event and a very coveted event and people try and put their name in the lottery every year and don't get the opportunity to race it. And, not only did I have that opportunity, but it was also my second time. So I was like, gosh, I can't believe like, I'm like, I felt bad. Um, I was like shameful that I wasn't so jacked up about it, but it's all tied to so many things that I, I am excited to talk about with you because I was feeling really jazzed about my training for the marathon in or er, er, end of August. Cause I went to Chamonix with Hoka for that, the UTMB event. And, um, that was like a very active trip because like Hoka was taking us on these, like, it looked 12... like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, tr- it was honestly like, it was amazing. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if we've talked about it, but I like literally left being like, I am going to move to Chamonix. Well, I, I don't know if we talked about it or you posted something about it and you're like, I think I'm going to move there. I was like, geez. I was, I mean, that I was like looking up French visas, how you can be a property owner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're like full on, like researching. Oh, oh, yes. Like dedicating, like days would slip away as I like Googled the ins and outs of how to become a resident of France. And then, and then I was also looking at Switzerland. It's almost impossible for an American to gain citizenship and long term residency in Switzerland. So I took that off the table, which was sad. Um, <laughs> but I, um, yeah, anyway, like that trip was I felt like I was kind of like I I felt like I went into that trip being in decent shape but then a week of you know hike running the Alps was I came out feeling oh I'm really in good shape and like this is a great foundation to really start like digging into my long runs for the marathon which was you know this past November 6th I guess and then I moved to New York like I literally came from Europe to New York City if you if you follow me, you know my my lost luggage saga. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> and the reason I was so dramatic about that was because it was literally like it wasn't just like the stuff I took with me to to Europe on vacation. It was like the stuff I was like moving to New York with. So I came to New York just like without a lot of things, it was specifically without any workout clothes. And I then I dropped so much money on new workout clothes. And God bless some of my like my friend who works in PR for um, Tracksmith. She sent me some stuff. I'm like, woe is me. I didn't have enough running. 
he reached out and then I just had I had to reach out to some yeah. PR contacts yeah and like and they sent me free stuff and it just it was so hard <laughs> no but I did I did I did go on a little splurge too I went to Outdoor Voices and I like got some stuff and um yeah it was really difficult <laughs> no but I just didn't have my things for a while but anyway then no, you know, New York didn't work out. And then I think that kind of like messed with my whole um, training plan. Like the move to moving is already kind of exhausting and disrupts whatever rhythm, especially with working out you have, as I'm sure, you know, you just moved, but then like moving to and fro within such a short amount of time, just like exacerbated that. And then it was like, as soon as I got back to Rhode Island from New York, I just felt, well, I kind of felt like a loser for leaving New York. And when you don't feel good about yourself, I, or at least I'll speak for myself. When I don't feel good about myself, I don't feel like a workout queen. Yeah. Um, and, and this weird thing happened, which is like such, it's all in my head, but I was just like, oh, I don't want to go for a run. Cause I don't want like everyone who I told from my town, like, yep, I'm moving to New York, babe. Like to see me like back running the roads. <laughs> like, there's Lydia. Why is she back? <laughs> like, I was embarrassed to be seen, yeah. which like truth is really no one cares. Like no one's like, and probably most of the time when I run in my town, I see like two cars pass. So, but it was just a whole slew of things. And then I just went into the marathon, really not in great shape and worried about getting injured. But then alas, I, on the last podcast I think I told you that running the New York Marathon in 2018 was one of the best days of my life yeah <laughs> and yet again we had another we had another day that I, I it actually was just so incredible and amazing and up there with one of the best days so I'm happy I did it but and I don't think I'm injured but I'm very knock on wood but I'm very sore <laughs> I don't think I'm injured yeah it's crazy how much dread you can feel going into a race yeah. um, like that because I've been in that exact same position where it's like I'm not I don't feel prepared at all um and then also just having the pressure of so many eyeballs on you yeah creating content around it I can relate very heavily to this um but I know it must be like even for you coming from a competitive running background that must because like even I feel that and I'm like I'm a casual runner and I'm still like people are gonna judge me for my time but like yeah I can see for you that must be like always a layer whenever you enter a race yeah I mean I think that's I mean, I haven't even really entered that much races, that many races now because of, not because of that, but kind of because of that. I mean, it's just like, I want, I have this like level of fitness that I want to achieve before I race. Yeah. Just stupid because who cares? I'm 26 now, like very far from college, but yeah, that's just something in my head that I'll probably need to get over. But no, but can I just say, can I just say that I do think there are like dickwads out there who do look you up and like, I'm sure there are plenty of people who've looked up my time to be like, you know, little snarky, like even not to like assume the worst in people, but I just know I bet I've had like a few former teammates, like who were rowers, like probably look up my time and be like, oh, she didn't go that fast. And I didn't, but also like, I'm in just such a space of movement should be celebrated in any form. And I don't know if people are going to be like judgy about pace. It's just silly because none of us, or at least none of the people in my circle are even close to being professional runners. So, yeah, no, I'm for sure. Like not, maybe not former teammates. I don't really know. Maybe former teammates. Yeah. Definitely people in the running world there. Everyone is not everyone there are people that are very judgmental, um, of people that aren't fast anymore. Like it's a yeah. huge thing. I feel like in the what losers though, 
I mean, such a, it doesn't matter yeah. at all, but I feel like people yeah. are also like really annoyed with people that have social media followings when they're not good. So yeah. I feel like people problem not definitely not saying everyone like I mean if you listen to this podcast you probably don't care that I'm not like as fast as I used to be but I don't know there's definitely people out there that like hate watch my stuff probably because Mm -hmm. I'm like not good at running anymore yet I can make a living off of myself I guess and my Mm -hmm. Instagram and I feel feel Mm -hmm. like people in the running world hate that Mm -hmm. um yeah but it is interesting and but I'm like I don't know. I feel like over the past couple of years, I've definitely gotten over the fact of times and everything in paces. Cause like, even internally, I felt that, like, I felt like I was such a loser for being way worse than I used to be or way slower. Maybe not, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess mm-hmm. worse, whatever that means to you, but mm-hmm. way slower than I used to be. Um, but I think honestly, leaving the running world has significantly helped my mental health and like helped mm-hmm. myself get over that fact. Like I don't care anymore now when I go out for a run and I'm running a minute slower a mile or more than I used to because it doesn't really matter I'm not my goal isn't to be a professional runner so I'm like why am I so judgmental to myself about it if I if it's not even my goal I think it's just it's other people's opinions that were affecting me but leaving that and like I don't know starting my own little life in Southern California San Diego I feel like has very much helped me um, yeah with that yeah. I mean, it's just the post-college stuff like it's you relate I'm sure with rowing like it's just competitiveness and getting over that and being a balanced person after being such a competitive person. I don't know. It's kind of a, it's, it's, an, it's still going on. I'm not perfect. So. Yeah, I definitely, I'm not perfect either. And I feel like I can be around, there's certain people who ignite. I don't know how much I want to say here. I don't think any of these people would listen to this. Not, no offense, to, no offense to you, but, but they're like not social media people at all. But like, I was at a wedding recently that happened to have a lot of, a handful of like friends of mine that are definitely, that are, they're former athletes. Not all of them are former teammates of mine, but all of them are former athletes. And there's this always this like layer of, who's the most athletic, which most of the time I just try and like step out of because I'm like, y'all, we are literally like most of them are older than I am. So I'm like, you guys are literally 28, 29 year old women, like trying to go, going on five mile runs and racing each other the day before the day before a wedding. And it's just like, what, what is that? Like, let's just go on a jog. And I, and then I'm like, but then I get a voice in my head. That's like, well, am I the soft one who like, who just wants to go on a leisurely jog, like who doesn't really want to push pace, but there's just like this subliminal competition that is so exhausting. But then also like I left that wedding and I remember thinking like, well, if I just, and I, and I, I was also sick that weekend, but I was just like, if I just get as fit as possible, then like, I'll, I'll come back and, and like, I'll be the most loved. Like it all boils down to just wanting to be accepted. And like, I don't know. I, I don't know maybe this friend group is just like toxic but no but dude. just like ugh, yeah when you're talking about this this is exactly how I I literally just went to a wedding it was all my old teammates yeah I would say nine out of ten of them are still running yeah um, some professionally like, some just some like still just like out there you know doing other random races but still yeah. like elite considered elite whatever yeah and then here I am like yeah maybe I mean it's not in my own head because I was the most washed up quote unquote out of all my former teammates. And it made me feel so bad about myself though. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone was like really judging me, but yeah, there's always, 
Yeah. There's always a question of whether they are, whether it's in your head or not. And I've come to kind of, um, trust my intuition more with those sort of things and like be like you know if I'm getting a vibe there's probably a vibe and because yeah. I, I feel like when I was younger I used to be like it's all in my head like like I'm the I don't know I'm the problem <laughs> I used to be I was like well I had a tailor okay Taylor yeah. <laughs> but I um now I'm just like no if you walk away from social interactions feeling funky and feeling like weird about yourself and maybe not good about yourself. There's probably a reason why you left that way. And, and oftentimes it's like hardest when you can't exactly pinpoint what the person said or did that like led to those feelings because whatever, it's like the definition of gaslighting. Like, like if you, if you actually pointed them out, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, but it's like, you know what you did. (laughs) So Anyway, I just, uh, yeah. And, but then also I think like, for like with the New York city marathon on Sunday, like the content that I made from that, I would have never been able to make that content if I was like going hard balls yeah. to the wall, trying to get like a sub three thirty time or something like that. Not that I could, but like when I was training well in August, I was like, maybe I'll try to run a sub three thirty marathon so far. I, I've literally barely broke four hours, but it's like, it's still good. I heard the race day was rough. So yeah, I think I was just so expecting it to be rough. Cause now I've seen like TikTok videos of people kind of like uh assessing how it went and everyone's talking about how rough it was and I was like "Eh, well I just I just was ready for the worst so when I felt extreme pain and was like diarying every (laughs) five miles I was like yep here we are (laughs) this is what we thought I like literally I was mentally prepared for (laughs) the medical tent I stopped the medical tent literally it was before 10 miles and I was like can I get two Tylenol? And they were like, they were like, you're our first Tylenol. And like, I was in wave three. So plenty of runners. Yeah, first Tylenol. I was like, five, that's not like, a good it. sign. That's kind of like surprising though. Like, cause that's kind of far in. And I feel I like, know. yeah. Yeah. And, but those Tylenol, they saved me. I was like, I, I, cause I was getting this hip thing and and that was one of my fears because whenever I stopped strength training regularly, which has been the case the past couple months, um, because of my like little training funk, I always get little hip injuries. And as soon as like, I felt it coming and I was like, here it comes, I was waiting for this moment. And then I took the two Tylenol and I was like, you know, it didn't get worse. It didn't necessarily get much better, but it didn't, you know, it, it's kind of plateaued, which yeah. was good. And my hip kind of feels fine now, but yeah, I don't know. I just like, think that my whole shtick on the internet is, like running in an inclusive way, like running should be for all and running should be for joy and, and for honestly, mental health and, um, like going fast has never been my quote unquote brand, nor do I think it ever will be. Um, and I can get tempted when I'm around hyper-competitive people, but, um, like I just, you know, it's just probably never going to be my thing. And so I'm just going to keep doing it for fun. (laughs) But I feel like that makes you unique almost like, well, thank you. I mean, I feel like I relate to you more than a lot of my like competitive friends, whatever now. So, because like, I don't really envision myself going back to that lifestyle anymore. So it's nice to like, mm-hmm. I feel like it helps me mentally to just see someone enjoying it. That's not so worried about like the times and the paces and everything. Cause like, I mean, that obviously had a time and place in my life and it was really fulfilling, but I feel like now it's integrating into my life in a fun way. And it's the same Mm -hmm. thing like you said, like there was no way I would be able to make the content I can make or I make whatever at an event or just like in my lifestyle Mm -hmm. if I was training like full time. There's just racing and 
doing like yeah doing the races that I've done like all out because then I would just be able to not do anything like when I was actually on race day like there's just so much more that goes into it when you're trying to go super hard you know rather than just making content so it's like you kind of have to pick which one yeah and and I think when I think about like my past self when I was a competitive athlete and it was rowing it wasn't running but I took myself so seriously and yeah. I, and and I was just like I don't know I was just so I don't, I don't think I had a, a, a sense of humor really in college. And I was just like, I was, I don't know. I, th- I thought I was so stoic and like, whatever, like I, I just took whatever I was doing way too seriously. And uh, I think that's some, for me, at least it's a trade-off. However, I don't know. Do you follow Mikey? Mitch? Mikey Mitch? Yeah. Do you know him personally? I don't know him personally, but my sister, I think is going to run club with him tonight. Oh my God. I'm like literally obsessed with him. And, and his lifestyle overwhelms me. I'm like, I don't know how you do what you do. Cause that would, I would be dead. I think. Yeah. And, and I, I, but like, he's an example of someone who I'm like, yeah, exactly. I think he's an, an anomaly. Like, I don't think he's the norm because he clearly is a very talented competitive athlete and like, actually like you know, I, I, I think he's professional. Like, I think he's a pro trail runner, Yeah, but, but, but still doesn't, doesn't have that like personality of like, just that really serious, like he still is super fun to watch. Yeah. And I think that's why he obviously is, has his following that he has and continuing to grow because he hasn't let go of that like fun side. And I actually don't know how long he's been running professionally, but but he he's doing it well, but I don't think I could ever do what he's doing. Like I could, I, when I'm like really serious in training, I don't like party. I don't like, not that I party that much now, but I just like, yeah, I just lose a lightheartedness that I, that I don't want to lose again. Dude. I literally was talking to my friend about this the other day. It's the same exact, I think we're the same person. Like truly the more we talk and get to know each other, like I feel like we are the same person because I am the exact same way. I become so hard when I'm training and I don't know. I kind of consider myself a hard person. Like I'm not super sensitive or whatever, but mm-hmm. once I stopped running or like even training that much for triathlon, whatever, um, I really tapped into like, ew, I really tapped into like my soft, like feminine side mm-hmm. and I actually really enjoy it, especially at this point yeah. in my life. Like, yeah, it's so nice to, especially well, when I was like training in college and stuff, my hormones were all messed up. Like I didn't have, yeah. I didn't have my period. So right. like I hadn't even developed or like gone through puberty yet. Yeah. Um, so like you've I, never gotten it. I never got it. I didn't get it until I was 22 after no I stopped running. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't wow. have, I didn't have red S. So I didn't What's have like, S? you know what amenorrhea is? Like when you lose your period. Oh, oh, oh. The female athlete triad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Yep, yeah. 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 I didn't have that because I didn't have any bone problems. I didn't have low bone density. Um, and I was like pretty much eating enough. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but like, I just, I don't know after college when I stopped running and then I've my, like, I just have developed a lot physically. Um, mm-hmm. and also like my hormones are way more, I don't know, they're way more balanced now. So I just feel a lot different than I used to as well, but I kind of like my more soft side. Yeah. Um, then I can tell when I start training super hard again, it messes up my hormones. Like I can oh. tell that it, it, I will, my personality starts to go away mm-hmm. and then become way more stoic. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely like going out a lot less, whatever. But even besides that, like just hormonally, like things are just different. Yeah. So I, it's the same sort of thing where I just kind of like the phase I'm in now where it's more just for fun and yeah. I can do whatever I want. And I 
actually have a personality because in college I had zero like I had like little bits that would come out every once in a while but yeah and it's so funny because like people from the internet like know me as this person that started in college whatever but it's so funny because like when I started my YouTube channel I was probably the least like me that I ever have been yeah. in my entire life yeah and then now I would say this past year I like truly feel like myself again and I'm like way more energetic way more funny like I wasn't really funny I feel like yeah. and way yeah. more lighthearted. yeah just the same sort of thing but I can tell when I tap into like really competitive Emma the soft sweet sensitive side goes away and I become less yeah. funny and yeah yeah just weird yeah and I, sometimes I like push like I don't know I like I like being tough I guess mm-hmm. and I like doing tough things or or I don't know whatever like thing in my where I'm like I don't know I I maybe this is just a, a side effect of college athletics but just like I don't know our coach would always talk about being you know being resilient and being tough and I think generally those are good things to have but not like being tough doesn't shouldn't be at the expense of of joyfulness and of like femininity and this was something that I was like I when I I had to do this free people well I got to do this free people shakeout run on Saturday at from the free people store in the West Village or the East Village I don't know but I met these two girls they were followers and they it was the first time running a marathon and they were like yeah we're 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 just doing it for fun we're like going to CVS after and we're gonna get um sparkles that to put on their faces and they mentioned that runner Alexi is it Alexia or Alexi yeah, Alexi, yeah yeah and she's obviously all about the sparkles but I, I'm like that's I, I I feel like in this it's we're seeing it more and more but like especially female athletes showing the being gritty but like being like yeah you can wear sparkles and be gritty at the same time or like you can wear bright pink and be gritty at the same it doesn't like I don't know there's I think they're used and even when I posted my um like kind of I was like showing people the outfit I was going to wear for the marathon and some like loser and I am almost certain it was a dude but their account was pretty on anonymous was like fashion over function like this is like and I, I was wearing clothes that I had taken the tags off but it was it was like a type of shorts that I've obviously worn before I just got in a new color because like three people wanted me to wear that like you know and and he's like lecturing me on on what to wear and I'm like bro first of all this was this is my sixth marathon so you know I think I think I know what I'm doing and also yeah I'm gonna look cute and I'm going to have a good run at the same time. And that's totally possible. And I, I sometimes it's just irritating how it still feels like you have to like push up against the narrative of like, I don't know, losers who think that you have to wear like all black sleek look to, to be taken seriously. Yeah. Not that I even want to be taken that seriously, but just, I don't know. I guess it was just a mansplaining experience that I had on the internet. And then I blocked him. So that's how that story goes. And it, I will block away. (laughs) I will keep blocking. (laughs) I mean, I think people, especially just in the endurance sport world, like there's just a lot of hardos, like there's just a lot of really serious people. Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't know if threatened is the right word, but I feel like people just feel weird about people coming in and being not serious about it. Um, Right. And the sport's still kind of being their brand, but they're like, well, I'm better at it. So like, I have more of a right for it to be my brand. Yeah. And it's like, well, we can both just have different approaches to it. And like, that's a great thing. Yeah. But that's, I don't know. That's why I really enjoyed, I don't know, being active on social media. And also I feel like TikTok has been so helpful for me to just meet people that aren't in the super hardo, like competitive world. Cause it's just yeah. so, 
it's so nice just seeing all avenues of running because for a while I was just in the little bubble of elite running. Right. It's been really healthy for me to just see all spectrums of running. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like, it's just so different at each level. Yeah. <laughs> I like sport. Yeah. Yeah. I don't follow, I don't think I follow very many. I think I probably follow like, like, um, what's her name? Molly. Um, Molly Seidel. Yeah. Like I follow a few elite runners, but like, you know, only the ones that, that are like mega famous, I guess. Like yeah. I, I just, that, that that's like not the content I consume and maybe that's a good thing. It's not even like intentional. I just clearly we're not that beyond the fact that we both run we're very like I'm not super similar to those people but what was interesting was moving to New York for the brief time I did and doing Brooklyn track club I was like oh wow there is like a massive demographic that are like not not even not elite not like sub elite but like the notch just below that that like take running super seriously but um and like maybe have that sort of like look down on people I don't know like and and take like speed as like a a measure of like worthiness yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) because I I loved Brooklyn Run Club when I did it for the like three weeks that I did it but (laughs) I only went to people always talked about like I only went to the Tuesday morning they have workouts Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon yeah and I like, I prefer running in the morning. So I, I didn't even know at the time that I was choosing, like everyone was like, yeah, you should stay with the morning workouts. It's a lot more chiller, lower key. And I'm, I was like, what do you, what, like, what does that mean? Like, are, aren't we just doing the same work? Like both groups are doing the same workouts. And I never actually went to a Tuesday afternoon workout, but apparently like there's an intensity to it that I was like, oh gosh, I guess, yeah, I guess I, I shouldn't go because I'm, that's not me. But at the same time, I like going hard. Like I, like when we were, when we would do whatever 400s, 800s on the track, I like would get competitive and like race the people next to me. Were we going relatively slow? Yeah. But I still like get jacked up on competition. And I feel like reconciling being really competitive, but also not fast. <laughs> it's like it's something, but I, I you would have been fine. I only went to the Tuesday night ones. I never oh, went to okay. the morning ones um you would have been fine though like there's a wide variety of people there are people that are like competitive though like the elite people on Brooklyn Track Club do the night workouts so Mm -hmm. you could I guess I didn't really notice that much because I'm so used to it yeah like fast people running fast reps or whatever yeah Um, but I feel like it wasn't really that intense but that's I I, hear about running a lot yeah yeah I probably wouldn't have even it would have gone over my head honestly yeah because I'm not out there going that fast. So I, yeah. I would have just ended up in like the group that was going the speed I was going, but yeah. yeah. But it's just like so funny because now coming from like that, like seeing that side of um, track clubs, you know, post-collegiate track clubs, whatever, yeah. available to the public, whatever. And then going to like the one that I go into in San Diego. So polar opposite. Like, the guys... track club, like they're oh, tapped into running. Like they know runners, whatever they follow like a lot of people follow running and they are racing whatever the one I go to no one knows a thing about running no everyone's like I don't run and then they show up and are running four miles every Wednesday or whatever yeah so it's just like so funny just to see the different communities that running has yeah (laughs) I know you guys are just so ingrained in mine and Lydia's conversation but brief little intermission here to talk about my favorite sunglasses in the entire world Gooder who is sponsoring today's episode 
As you guys know from any of my social media platforms or if you listen to this podcast, Gooder makes $25 acted sunglasses for anyone. They're lightweight, comfortable, don't move when you run, and they're all for only 25 bucks. No slip, no bounce, all polarized and all fun. 25 bucks to find really good quality polarized sunglasses? Yeah, say less. Also, it's the holiday season, so what better little stocking stuffer or white elephant gift than a perfect pair of sunglasses. They also have so many different styles for different head shapes, so many different colors, different models, names like $9 pour over and influencers pay double. Um, so they're really funny and unique. I feel like it's a perfect holiday gift, especially if you're doing like a group white elephant sort of situation because there's always good talking points. My favorite sunglasses right now from Gooder are actually the Wrap G's. They're a cycling model, they're 45 bucks. They're one of those like big pairs of sunglasses if you know what I'm talking about. And the name of them is Scream If You Hate Gravity. <laughs> I recommend for anyone that's active and they're just like stylish so you can wear them out with normal clothes, which is what I do as well as wearing them when I'm cycling and running. Like I said, perfect holiday gift. Everyone I know wears them. I'm sure you see them out and about because they are just the best sunglasses ever invented. Try them out, give them to a friend this holiday season and treat yourself to a pair or two. Go to gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com slash cold brew and you get free shipping on your entire order. Free shipping this holiday season at www.goodr.com slash cold brew. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back into today's episode with Lydia. Total honesty is after the New York marathon, I'm like now like maybe I should go back to New York. Like I like really was like, I was like, that was so epic. And like the running community is so beautiful. And like, I'm like, the city is epic. Like I just, you know, it was a great day. So of yeah. course I have these like feelings of, of that are polar opposite from the ones I had when I left. And then also thinking, oh, maybe I should have, I, I, if I go back, I need to live next to a park. But anyway, I was, part of me is also thinking, should I move back to LA? But I don't remember there being any running clubs. I'm sure there are running clubs in LA, but it's not that in New York, it just seems like it's a dime a dozen. There's so many. And well, New York, what's interesting about New York is that they have like the running community in New York has been such a staple for a really long time. Mm-hmm. when I was even living in San Diego in like 2019 yeah. there was nothing there was no running community like in San Diego yeah I mean there was I guess but it was a lot of old people and like mm-hmm. there weren't that many group runs and if it was you would show up and it would be old people um yeah no offense to old people but it's like when you're 22 you, yeah it, it's like nice to you meet you yeah. yeah but I will say I think because of COVID I think way more groups have popped up because now there's I don't know if you've seen on TikTok Venice Run Club it's like, it's almost to like to a T the exact same thing as I go to in San Diego and it's huge. Really? Yeah. So I think, you know, slowly there's starting to be more run clubs, um, in LA and definitely in San Diego too. Like I already know of three off the top of my hand that didn't exist a couple of years ago. So yeah. I think it's becoming more popular, but it's just, New York has been so tapped into like the running community for so long that it's so ingrained already. Um, Yeah. But I think it's more like getting its roots here. Um, yeah. Like do you guys California. ever do track workouts? We were starting to, but in San Diego, it's hard because there's no public tracks. Yeah. So you have to like, I don't know. The guy that started this group that I go to, um, he started, I don't know if it was during COVID or like a year later. It's not, hasn't been going on for that long and like no one pays a fee to join or anything. So he doesn't have any money. So he's like, not going to go rent out these tracks. Yeah. yeah. And the one that we were using for a little while, um, they like closed it to the public. So not at the moment, but yeah, 
I don't know. I feel like Venice, I think Venice Run Club though does have track workouts. I'm pretty sure. I think now that you, I think my friend does them. Um, now that you mention it, because she, I think she like, I saw her recently. She like mentioned running in a track in Venice, and yeah. I, it must be that. But yeah, there. I think there are there are public there is a public track in Venice, if I recall correctly. But yeah, I and when I was in New York, because I, I never did I. I never did track workouts. And then when I did Brooklyn track club, I, they, I thought they were so fun. It's just like a nice way to break. I don't know. It's just fun to kind of try and go fast. And I'm just not in Rhode Island. I'm just like slogging away on the road by myself, yeah. never going particularly fast. And it's, it's, I just, you know, I was in my slump and slash still, I guess maybe am, but don't feel the pressure to run since it's two days out of the marathon. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah. I well, have to I'm, okay, out. I'm intrigued. Like, what's so you say you're thinking about moving to LA or back to New York? Like, what is your vibe now? Because like you left New York, you went back to Rhode Island. Yeah. Also, don't well, Paris. I've already talked to you about this too, but yeah. I was in the exact same position where I told people I was moving to New York, and my friends made fun of me like that I was moved again. Like, it's yeah. embarrassing leaving, but who cares? It's your life. Um, but yeah, like, what's what's your vibe now? Well my vibe is depressed. No, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> my vibe is mentally ill. I, um, I, I, uh, I'm back in Rhode Island and I, I just like feel so strongly. I shouldn't be here partly because I'm just like in my parents' house and that's, and they're not here a lot of the time. So it's not like I'm like living shoulder to shoulder with my parents, which I don't think I'd be able to do, but it, there's just something that's like, in my it's pathetic in my head and and I don't mean like I some people I if I met someone who was like oh I'm living with my parents I wouldn't think of, of them as pathetic it's like just this negative self-talk that I have about myself and I think also because I can't like I'm in a position where I could get my own place and I just feel like I have <laughs> someone was like oh yes I was I was talking to them about this and they were like I forget who said it they were like there's some syndrome that, that 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 is, and I was like, yeah, I guess I have a syndrome. A syndrome. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's let's figure out the name of the some the syndrome I have, but I'm I'm in like just this weird like limbo spot because I last year I made when I was in the kind of in the in March right when I could see the end of like the light at the end of the tunnel with grad school I made these like big travel plans and I signed up for a three-month surfing trip in South Africa and I then after that signed up for culinary school (laughs) okay yeah so that was in March yeah, no. And so the the surf trip is supposed to start January 21st. Like technically I've signed up, I've put down a deposit okay. um, for both. The surf trip starts in March or, or in January goes through April and then culinary school, which is I- in Ireland, um, starts in April oh. and goes until July. <laughs> and I'm now getting very cold feet for a number of reasons. I get, I think the main two are that I feel like a really strong yearning to have a community and to like nest and like have my own home. And this is in traveling for six months is obviously the antithesis of that. And then the other thing is I'm like, I, I think I, we talked about this a little bit on the last time I was on the pod, but um, I'm trying to write a novel and really try and like 
uh, I guess kind of like shift or just not even shift my brand, but just shed light on the fact that like I am a writer and I'm trying to put stuff out there. And I, I, I started self-publishing some of my like short stories on my website, but I, yeah, I want to, I want, I want to write this novel and I want to get it published, but I'm not even done with it. And I, I feel like scared to go on this trip and not have completed this big goal that I was hoping to at least have the rough draft done by 2023. And I like spoke, I've spoken with one literary agent who like, cause in the writing world, the, the big first way you kind of like, it's really unusual, like a, for a new writer to publish like a collection of short stories or essays, like it's really a novel is, is the entry point. So it's like this, but the novel, the manuscript has to be totally done before you can even send it to publishers or agents. So yeah, I just kind of, I'm like, I should get that done before I go globe trotting in South Africa, but I don't know, maybe you're, but maybe there's the thing where you never feel ready for something big like that. And you just have to say, fuck it and, and go and, yeah. So that's kind of where I am. And then, and then I'm like, maybe I should just move to New York, be a writer in New York, really like join, rejoin Brooklyn track club, <laughs> do it all over again, but live near a park and that will solve all my issues. Well, yeah. Like what was the main problem with New York? Do you think? I, I I've talked about this a lot with my therapist, but I think, well, you and I talked also a little bit about when you go to New York and you don't have a strong sense of like why you're there and like, <laughs> you're self-employed and I I think it was like a a, a couple of things but I was I had this four month long-term Airbnb that's where I was living mm -hmm. and obviously it was costing me an arm and a leg and um and the reason I did that is because I didn't want to buy a bunch of furniture and then leave because I was always viewing it as a trial period but then I guess I got in my head, I'm like, the whole point, New York is such a socially focused city. And I'm like, I'm what's the point in investing in social relationships if I'm just gonna leave in January? So I kind of got into that headspace. And so then I just wasn't as eager to to go out and hang with people, even though I had a bunch of friends in New York who I hadn't seen in a long time, they would like invite me to stuff. And I would just be like, I'd like always come up with excuses. And I found myself just like staying in my apartment all day and then felt really claustrophobic with like, I lived near McCarran park, but, but like running on the street of New York, like there's like stop. Like, I don't know. I guess people do it all the time, but I was like three miles from prospect park. And I loved running in prospect park. I'm kind of rambling, but I, there was all these, th I just didn't feel, I was like, this isn't right. And I left and, and, and then I, th and now I'm look back on it and I was like, I should have just stayed because now I'm here working. Yeah, like, but you on... left for a reason. Like, yeah, your gut was telling you to leave. You left for a reason. Like, yeah, I mean, you could, you could go back, but would it really change that much? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not sure. I mean, you talked about the community thing, like how part of you feels like you should just nest somewhere mm -hmm. and I mean I definitely agree that I feel like that has been the biggest thing for me like when I moved back to San Diego I was like okay I need to make friends like did you I, feel it was hard to make friends in New York yeah I mean it was it, I think it was really easy to be social but yeah. I think like it's kind of just weeding through people like you kind of have to like find your I don't know the people that you relate to the most but then part of me was also just like I don't know if New York is for me I don't yeah. know New York was just a weird experience like it was just not the right time for me and like yeah what we talked about 
I didn't really I know why I was there. Um, yeah. Like, I'm sure I could have stayed and like found people that, I mean, I, I hung out with some friends there, but I was so like mentally unwell that I just, yeah. didn't more than anything else. But here in San Diego, like, I feel like since I've committed to kind of being here for a while, like, especially even moving to where I live now, where it's just most, yeah. more social, I feel so much better yeah. now that I have my little, little community back because I yeah. had it in Portland and stuff. But I feel like more mentally stable now as I'm just like older and I've yeah. addressed a lot of my other internal issues. Right. But like having a good community, I feel like has really been helpful for the last couple of months for me at least. But yeah, I don't know. So I'm kind of, I mean, I feel like anyone would tell you that like community is super key, but I don't know. I mean, you obviously you seem like you have other idea like passions that you want to pursue too. So, but I don't know. <laughs> No, I think community is in fact everything. And that's like in LA, when I lived in LA, I felt like I had such a strong community and it was mostly honestly from stand-up comedy. And like, that was like the best community I've ever been a part of. And I loved it so, so much. So I guess like some part of me with the whole, should I go back to New York is because like one part, one of my plans that I never followed through on was, oh, I'm going to suss out the open mic scene in in New York. Not because I like want to, I don't know, not because I, when I was doing stand up in LA, I had this, I was like, I want to be a headliner comedian. Like I, that's like the the career I was trying to pursue. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, who knows, maybe if I got back into it, that goal would re- be reignited. But if I were to get back into it now, it would not be because of that goal. It would be because I just want to be part of that community again, because I loved stand up. It was so challenging, but also like was the most beautiful group of people. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, community is like what makes this life feel worth a living. And, <laughs> um, not to take it there, but it's true. Um, and I really like yearn for that. And I definitely don't have it right now, which sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But like, I don't think you should feel bad about living where you're living now because it makes sense as to why you're in a like, huge transition period. So yeah, but it's uncomfortable just being where you know that you don't really want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no, it's almost like decision fatigue. I feel like. Of oh what's yeah. Next. Yeah. I mean, that's like the curse. It's the, it's another hardship of being a content creator. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I like, think, I think decision fatigue is actually one of the hardest parts of, um, like what I do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just waking up know. every day and being like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people that sounds amazing, but yeah. try that for four years and yeah. then, um it just gets hard. It gets challenging to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I very much relate to that. And it's like right now I'm like, it's not just what do I do? It's like where do I go? Because I yeah. could go anywhere. But I, I feel like I could go anywhere, but I could go nowhere. Like it's like I, I feel so directionless. Um, or it's getting a little bit better, but like two weeks ago, I felt that way. And then like, also I'm like in a committed relationship and like, we have had our ups and like we, John and I met in college and we, um, like he first moved to California with me. And then, um, then we broke up because he went back to the East coast and we were kind of like not doing, like we were fighting a lot. So it was, just, and I was like, I'm young, I'm like 23, I should be single. And so, but then I came back and now we're back together and I'm just like, okay, I, yeah, I could move to California, but then I'd be long distance again. And it just like, that's an element of like, and he still has 
a, at least two more years of grad school and he, he needs to be in New Haven, Connecticut for that. So I'm like, do I move to New Haven? But that just doesn't feel right. And so then that's another reason why New York is like another attractive option because it's only an hour and a half from New Haven. So easy to get to by train. And so it's a way of like me. And it also just feels like this hub of content creators. And I love, I, one thing I love about New York is how like expressive people are with their fashion, Mm -hmm. which I'm by no means a fashion content creator, but I love fashion and I love being around people dressed in cool outfits. And like New York is, is so much that, and, and, you know, I think I, maybe that little part of me could get uh expanded if I moved back there and like just was a little bit more intentional about it yeah I mean it's easy to be yourself in New York City I feel like where you could just literally do whatever you want like be whoever you want because no one like everyone's so unique I feel like a lot of the time so really is like over like no one's looking at you and judging well people are judging maybe but like you can wear whatever you want and no one cares like no one's gonna bat an eye yeah yeah wouldn't bat an eye meanwhile it's like if I go somewhere wearing some like, not, it's not even crazy, just like an outfit that's a little different than, or maybe a little bit brighter, whatever, than the normal person Then you get stared at all the time. So New York yeah. is nice because it's, no one really stares at you like that when you're wearing something different. Yeah, I got, I got my hair colored on um, Friday mm-hmm. at a salon in Soho. And um, I was talking to the, she was like the assistant to the stylist. And she was like, oh, this is the area where people just walk around in cool outfits to be seen. So they're like, st- you know, the, the guy who does this TikTok. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell us about your outfit. Just walking in circles, <laughs> walking the block to be yeah. like, tell us about your, tell us about what you're wearing today. Yeah. And I know part of me is like, I guess there's like one perspective that's like kind of a shallow, I don't, but thing, but like also fashion is art. And I kind of, when she told me that, I was like, that's I'm like, maybe one day I would go do that. <laughs> I don't know if that's lame but I'm just like it's cool that New York is so because when I lived in LA I don't think like people like if if you went to West Hollywood or even Hollywood yeah you would see all sorts of different outfits but it wasn't it wasn't like New York in the sense of um I don't know just being so condensed well it's just like New York style is so artistic like you were saying and it's so unique Yeah. yeah so people just have really cool outfits yeah yeah. So I'm, I'm in my pro New York era after the marathon. Um, and I have to, I have to figure out just what to do, but now the holidays are coming. The holidays are around the freaking corner and it's yeah, like, well, well no when one you're, at least decisions. you're at home. You're at home. So you don't have to worry about, are you going to be traveling? No, no. But I, I feel this need to make a decision, but it would be silly to make a decision right before. Yeah. Right before the holidays. But why would that be that? Would, why, well, you don't have to move right away. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel a want a desire to move, but I'm not going to before. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, how are you feeling like work-wise? 
Well, I will say that the New York marathon gave me, cause like my content did really well from it and I'm pumped. Like it was like, I was going through such a pessimistic, um, era with TikTok, And I kind of still am because there's something really perverse about that app. And I got, um, someone from like an, like a, I got reached out to from TikTok to take part in this like two week training for the TikTok creator fund. And it's basically, it seems like TikTok is really trying to get both content creators and brands to do all their like negotiations on the TikTok platform versus like, you know, as it currently is, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, it's all negotiated on like an email chain yeah, not, and then we go. Yeah. yeah. So TikTok is like launching this new, cre- uh, no, the TikTok creator something, but they're launching this, this thing that, that they're, and they're trying to educate both creators. And I'm sure they're doing brand education about like why doing it on TikTok's platform is better. And, you know, I'm, I can't help but think the only reason why TikTok's pushing this is because they're clearly taking a cut from whatever the, whatever negotiations take place between yeah. creators and brands. But I was like, you know what, I'll do it because at the end they're like, and then you'll be like TikTok creator fund verified, not verified on TikTok, but it's like a different type of verification that only yeah, so brands like can see. More brand deals probably. And like- yeah, exactly. And um, I was like down to be selected. And so I, I participated in the first Zoom call and I, there were some like creators I recognized and the TikTok employees were like really emphasized. They're like, you guys have been hand selected. And the woman gave this spiel at the very beginning that was like, and, you know, we're keeping an eye out on how engaged and how um, dedicated you are to this two week training. It was two weeks, just a, an hour session once a week. She's like, cause we're always keeping our eye out for casting opportunities for creators. And I just got such an ick from that first call. Uh, Cause she's like, black mirror. I don't know. What. Yes. She was like, you've been hand selected. We're watching you to see how like, well you buy into this. And I was like, Ugh. like, I'm like, I'm just your little pawn in this yeah. like money. You like this app is already making so much money. And, 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 and it already feels like as a creator, like I'm just stuck in this, well, in the system of, you know, when I first got on TikTok's whole thing is like, anyone can go viral, right? Yeah. Like anyone can pop off. And obviously as the app grows more and more, fewer and fewer people have the opportunity to have viral content. And I, I have a theory that what they do to creators is they give them this, like they p- push their videos out there a lot in the beginning. So creators get this, like, oh my God, I'm growing, I'm growing. And then, then they stop. But, but at this point you're as a creator, you're like desperate. So you're just like, okay, I'm going to make more content, more, 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 but they're doing this to everyone. So we're all just out here making content, living on our phones. Just like we're all fucking content creators. And, and TikTok is like controlling us all. And it's just sick. And it's, and, and, and I still think this, honestly, even though my con- recently, like my New York City marathon content did well and it was fun seeing it like most of the comments were really fun and like nice and exciting but but there is a grossness to it that I've um that the short answer to how how's my work going I'm just like well I'm I'm just a little bit over it um 
And that's kind of why I launched my newsletter and really started really doubling down on sharing my writing because I'm like, that's what I want as a career. Like I want, I want content creation to always be a fun thing. Personally, I kind of hate doing brand collaborations. It always, I'm, I just feel like I'm this advertisement and this yeah. like, and that's what I am. Honestly, I am just an ad and I, I like sharing the content that I just make, but I don't necessarily love like it as a career, if that makes sense. Yeah. I what mean, I know. <laughs> No, that definitely makes sense. And I've kind of had some, especially when I was like dealing with a really lack of motivation, mm -hmm. I kind of had an existential crisis kind of like along the same lines. I'm like, do I want to live on my phone? Like why, yeah. why when anything happens to me, do I feel the need to like go on Instagram and share with the world? Like it's just yeah. an automatic response. And I was like, I almost feel like out of touch with real life. I think yeah. now I've done a better job of like actually just being off my phone and stuff. But it's since I've been doing it for so many years, I just feel like, my life is online and it's just weird to think about how, what life would be like if I didn't do social media as a career, but then it's so Probably hard. Beautiful. Like, yeah. But then people are like, Oh, delete social media. But it's like every job I would be able to get after this would probably be social media related as well. Yeah. So the whole thing, like, it just feels weird. And I'm really intrigued to see how the, this is so meta, but like yeah. how the world is going to be affected, especially by like TikTok. Like you said, like, it's so such an addicting platform for mm -hmm. viewers, for creators, for everyone mm -hmm. that it's mm -hmm. scary. Mm -hmm. And like just the stuff that's on there, like there's a lot of weird stuff on there. So like, mm -hmm. I'm just very intrigued to see what happens down the road with creators, with normal, like just people that are watching social media people, whatever. Um, because I feel like it's kind of messing with everyone's brain. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, yeah, fundamentally, I mean, I love sharing my life. I love connecting with people on the internet. I love it as a career. And especially mm -hmm. stuff like this, like the podcast, like I love just talking to people. So this one feels like having a podcast feels less like social media and more like what I like to do, which is yeah. people. But yeah, it's just like an odd career that I feel like I've had a little bit of an existential crisis with lately because I don't know, but I feel fine now with work stuff. Yeah. I'm maybe a little bit directionless. But overall, I feel fine. It's more just like fundamentally what is social media and what is it doing to all of us? But sometimes I just like to not think about that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I th thinking about like the like collective effects of like specifically TikTok is yeah. dark because it is doing something to our brains and the way how good it feels at the end of the day to sit down in bed and scroll on TikTok like that it is dark how good that feels and I just I, I time yeah waste on there without it feeling like anything yeah yeah it's it's scary um so yeah I don't I I feel you with the like when you get kind of meta about it and also just like the times when I've really deleted it for even a week how much better I feel it's um that's also that's why I'm just like, I need to really start taking my writing career seriously now that I'm done with grad school, because that the version of my life that I want in five years is not one where I'm addicted to my phone, making con a pawn of TikTok and Instagram or, you know, I, the one where I'm, I'm using TikTok to leverage and, and Instagram to leverage something that I really care about. And I really do care about like the type of messages that I'm, I don't know, feel like I'm cultivating with especially with running and fitness, but I, it comes at a cost. Yeah. I mean, I, I have noticed that you've been more into your writing and self-publishing and everything, which has been cool because 
I'm kind of in the same thing where it's like reflecting on what actually makes me fulfilled and what makes yeah. me happy and stuff. Um, and like, I don't know, tapping into my different passions, which is one of the reasons why I gave up the food Instagram. Cause I was like, why am I doing this anymore? Like this yeah. is draining me. I don't really like it. Why am I doing this? What? And it's like more, just more time spent on social media um, and consuming random people's food content. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool to see like you tapping into different passions or even hearing about you going to like culinary school or something like that or hearing about your surfing little adventures. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's cool. Well, I just want to make sure I'm like still living a life. Same, yeah, um, same like outside of my phone um so that's and and if going to culinary school I, the only it's not because I want to be a professional chef it's just because I truly love cooking is one of the few things and there's like psychology stuff about this about how making stuff with your hands actually makes you happier yeah and that like, that's like a lifelong skill that I want like I want to host beautiful dinner parties and cook for friends and if I ever have a family one day like not in like a 1920s way I don't want to be like a wife cooking but like <laughs> oh, like I think it's a yeah it's like a way you share joy with people and and also I have this like long-term idea of a project like I love cookbooks where each recipe kind of has like a little story Mm-hmm. and it has like if there's like they're like narrative cookbooks and I feel like that could be fun to one day write or work on but yeah I just think I want to make sure that I'm still still having fun with this with this little life we have um yeah. and not getting too caught up I think it's actually one of the reasons why I stopped my food Instagram as well is because I love cooking yeah um but then adding the work element to it every time I made food was like it was it almost like the joy out of the cooking for me and I found like a lot more joy of like not worrying and or not even feeling not feeling the guilt when yeah. I don't film my food like right. it's been a huge thing for me I think and it's been really refreshing to not put that pressure on myself to film everything I eat mm-hmm. and I've really enjoyed just not having to document it all or like create a recipe out of every meal I make because then it just becomes way more than just eating the food it's just yeah work you know well it's so my my friend Brett who is a hilarious comedian and um we used to do open mics together and his Instagram is Brett the Lorax for anyone who wants to look him up shout out Brett but he does um he like really took off or not not really took off but he gained a following especially over covid doing sketch comedy mm-hmm. and him and I, he and i would like bop around la doing like dusty open mics together and we were just like both out it like out there trying to pursue this goal of comedy and when when we both got on tiktok at similar times and we would all we would like facetime every other day uh when we first were starting it and when I first started TikTok, I was doing comedic like sketch content. Like this is the very, very beginning. So I doubt anyone who follows me ever knew this. And also none of the videos did ever that well, but Brett like really stuck with his sketch, his comedic sketch content. So now he has, I think he has over like 300,000 followers on TikTok and like 20 K on Instagram and all his content is him doing sketch character work. And I was talking to him the other day and I'm like, I'm honestly so jealous of you. And so, um, like not inspired, but impressed by you because he just stuck with what, with what he wanted to do. He stuck with his craft and his passion, which was comedy. And I'm not saying that I want to be out here making sketch video content, but like, um, I feel like I got 
I kind of went the, I followed the direction of like where I'm going to get the most like followers almost. And Mm -hmm. like, even when I do my fruit tasting videos, like those are fun, but I like got so, I started making so many this summer because I was like, that's how I get views. They were taking off. I know my fruit. And and then I like pulled back and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I'm like, I don't want to be like a fruit taster on the internet. Like, yeah. But I feel like it fit your brand too. Like, yeah, well, thanks. It was, it was a phase, but it was just like, this is not, I just, I feel like a fool. That's what I felt like at the end of that. I was just like, I, the one fruit, the Monstera Deliciosa, which was the one that that was. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone loved that one. That like literally. That fruit was like viral this summer, dude. I was like, what is that fruit? I've never tried it. And why do, why do I see it every other video on TikTok? Not I know, I think, from everyone. I know. Other people started trying it. It was insane. I've never seen a fruit take off by like that. But um, yeah, that but then I just kept going and then I like looked at my feed and it was like me holding fruit. And <laughs> <In the laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, who is this bitch? Like <laughs> eating all this like strange fruit. Like, yeah, one video was fun and it was like fun to kind of carry the take people along the journey of the fruit ripening and whatever. But it was just like journey of the fruit ripening yeah that that was an example of me just just getting greedy and being like oh that's the type of content that does well so I'm just gonna keep making that content and that's what like TikTok especially rewards that like just doing the same thing over and over again but um yeah yeah I mean the only reason I mentioned Brett is because it seems like he did a really good job of like using the platforms to leverage a career that he genuinely that he already cared about pre-internet and or like pre having platforms and and now he's like take he's doing so well with his stand-up and like it's just awesome to see but yeah and I feel like I didn't do that (laughs) yeah but then also it's like every single creator gets to a point where what they're doing they don't they need to shift something like yeah haven't you seen that with like youtubers like they change people go from like vlogging to now a video podcast. Like I feel like people just get over this, the same content after yeah. a while. Um, That's interesting. What do you think of like, I, I know she's like, everyone always talks about her, but like, do you think any, at this point, anyone could replicate the career that Emma Chamberlain had? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, no, probably because I feel like she was the definition of someone that just like, she embodies what like Gen Z on social media is like the perfect career I guess yeah and because like vlogging how much can you revolutionize vlogging I don't know I guess I mean I I'm not very inventive I don't know if that's even a word but like coming up with new ideas I feel like it's just really hard um Mm -hmm. especially now on social media that I can't even imagine someone doing something exactly like and taking off like she did but who knows yeah Maybe someone has a revolutionary idea. It's like Mr. Beast too. It's like, who's that? You don't know who Mr. Beast is? No. Oh, he's like the biggest YouTuber out there. Oh, really? What yeah, is he does thing? like he like built his own Squid Games. Um, oh. Oh gosh, I don't even know. He gives away so much money. I don't know if you ever want to go down. I can't believe you haven't heard of Mr. Beast. He's like so famous, but he also he's had. He's, it's like. He's That's way more successful than I think Emma Chamberlain. Um, at least makes way more. Makes way more money, but it's like the same sort of thing. It's like, can someone replicate that? I don't know. Um, yeah, 
It'll just see, be interesting to see how like social media evolves over the next couple of years, especially because TikTok, like everyone's a content creator. Yeah. Nowadays. So I don't really know. Yeah. Do you ever feel this thing? This is like kind of separate, but related to the social media stuff that, and this is like going a little bit back to going to this wedding that I went to recently. This was a traumatic wedding <laughs> I where I just feel like, do you ever feel like people don't ask you how you're doing because they they feel like they know what's going on with your life because they see it on the internet and then you feel like no one knows who you are or how you are because they they don't feel a need to ask because they have already seen they feel like they've already seen you and they take that for what it is. Does that make sense? I mean, I think that but then I'm more I feel like people just automatically assume that you're doing well most of the time because of what they see. I mean, at least for me, that's what I feel like a lot of people come up to me. I have like really bad imposter syndrome, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I'm extremely self-critical. It's like one of the things that I'm just probably will never change. I feel like it's just fundamental to my core as like a Virgo and a type three Enneagram. I don't know if you've ever taken that test, but I uh, haven't, but oh. it sounds like, you know, yourself. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, I'm very hard on myself, whatever yeah so people some I've had some friends come up to me and they've told me like how well I'm doing or just like I don't know all this stuff but it's like funny on the inside because sometimes I feel like especially one of my friends told me that like I'm so successful and I'm doing amazing like I don't know she was just telling me these things and I yeah. it was so funny because I was like I feel like I'm self-imploding on the inside yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. So it's just interesting to see people's interpretation of like the content I guess that you're putting out yeah um I don't know. I don't know if I really feel like people don't really ask me how I'm doing, but maybe that's because I just overshare so much where I just tell them in, without them even asking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, maybe it's, maybe I've, I don't know. <laughs> I don't Maybe I, it's a me thing, but sometimes I'm like, it's isolating in a way of like, people always talk about followers falling for the idea that like developing parasocial relationships and thinking that they know you. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there's also an, for me, I feel like there's also an element of your friends consuming your content and never, I don't know. I, I've gone back and forth about this because sometimes I'm like, and it's probably a product of also living in like so sequestered in Rhode Island, but just like people seeing you on the internet and then being like, oh, Lydia's doing well. So no need to, no need to have a catch up call with her. Like I had this friend who recently asked me, she was like, I booked a hotel in like uh, upstate New York. And she's like, and I haven't, I, I don't know. I feel like I haven't talked to her about my life in years. And she's like, want to go to the, want to do a getaway with me? And I'm like, but, but we've spoken on the phone and, and I, we always talk about her, which is fine. I don't like, it's fine. But, but um, I'm like, she doesn't know anything about my life. Like I, we're going to go in a hotel, like a getaway, uh, just us two together. She, like she, we, she doesn't know what I've been up to the past two years. I don't yeah. know. It's just like, and then I'm like, maybe that's a thing, a, a fault of my own because I just, people assume that everything I put on the internet is, is actually how I'm doing and what I'm up to. And, and that's like an isolating thing. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I feel like, especially when I was like leaving New York, it was more so people just like, they're like, oh, there Emma goes moving away again. You know, she's like so indecisive. Then I feel like no one was really asking like more questions. Like, yeah. Why? Did I leave in New York? Yeah. You know? It was just like, oh, Emma's moving again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I'm and actually they... very unwell. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm actually mentally unstable. But yeah. um, 
<laughs> no, but I do I do feel that where people just like assume things are going well or just like that they already know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I actually at an uh, another I went to so many weddings this summer and I at another wedding a friend a friend of mine who I'm not, he, he's I'm not that close with and so this in- interaction didn't really bother me that much but he was like Lydia and I was like what's up and um we hugged and I was like how are you? I'm like are you I heard you were living in Florida and he was like no, I'm back and forth between New York and Florida. And, he, and then he goes, I don't need to ask you about your life because I see it all the time. And I was like, ha ha, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that too. But with him, I like really didn't, like we were never that close. So it was, it didn't really bother me. But then it made me think, I'm like, oh, is this what's going on with like my actual close friends? So who knows? Yeah. I mean, it definitely could be. The internet is just weird. I mean, also just, especially when people like you and me who, well, maybe I should just speak for myself. I overshare on the internet. Speak for us, girl. Well, I overshare on the internet, so I feel like I just talk about almost everything. So maybe yeah. that's why like people just feel like they are already checked in because yeah. I overshare about everything. So yeah. I- well, now that I have my newsletter and my like special like my website, and there's a paywall, and the reason why I put a paywall is because I'm like I only want people to be here. Mm-hmm. Well, there was two reasons. I was like I only want people to be here who actually want to be here, and also. Um, I like, I'm sharing my writing and I like wanted to value myself as a writer. Like I worked really hard on a lot of the things I'm publishing. A lot of it's fiction, but I have published these things called micro musings. That's what I'm calling them, which are, which are me actually sharing like my own personal thoughts. And I would say I'm like pretty honest on there about all sorts of stuff in a way that maybe I wouldn't be so much on TikTok where you can just get torn apart. And maybe the reason I, maybe you you say you overshare is because you have like a podcast where like it probably feels like a much safer place to share things than a TikTok video where oh yeah I feel like I talk about things on here where I'm just like I probably shouldn't even say this to the world but I feel safe with my podcast listeners you know right yeah because if they're listening they love you and yeah uh, shout out to you guys and they and they follow you and they care about you in a way that like someone who swipes through a video they see one time on TikTok yeah that who didn't matter. ask to see your video yeah to them you know yeah. i also like i read your newsletter because it came to my email and you're like oh, you you know and then you're like you're like asking people to un- not asking you to unsubscribe but if you're like if you have no idea who i am yes. or if you don't want to be a part of this list please unsubscribe i was like yeah I well that's what I want I'm like I don't want anyone receiving this who doesn't want to be getting yeah. it because first of all I don't want to bother people but also just like I'm trying to going back to community I'm trying to really be intentional about like building a community um that like wants that like actively wants to be there yeah that's fair so with your with the paywall is it just like you pay like what how does it work what do you host it on I host it on Squarespace and Squarespace has a paywall option and it's $3 a month. And I'm sharing my, I don't know why my voice cracked just there. I'm like, I'm sharing like, uh, they're on there. There's already one of the short stories I wrote, um, and an, and a nonfiction essay, um, that I wrote. And then every month I'm going to be publishing, like putting out a new short story or essay, but um yeah so I I felt like three dollars for like I felt like it was an it was a reasonable price I mean I was looking up a bunch of Substack like people who publish on Substack and what their like paywalls are Hmm. and 
I don't know. I, part of me was like, maybe I lowballed myself, but, um, and then part of me was like, maybe I shouldn't have put a paywall on there at all. But I just like, not that I go on these little Reddit snark pages, but I just didn't want any one of those like assholes to just have such easy access to some, like, I, I didn't want a hater to have easy access to stuff. I was like, like sharing my writing feels so vulnerable mm-hmm. and people rip people apart for anything these days and I just didn't I didn't want someone who was intentionally going to read my stuff just to be a hater to have access to it and I knew I'm sure there are some crazy haters out there who will pay (laughs) just so that they can shit yeah but there's way less likely you know it's another barrier to entry and three dollars no one's gonna think you're this is a cash grab you know oh no I wish I didn't put honestly I would prefer not to put it like I mean, I, I, but that, as I said, I think there was a, a, a part of it of just like respecting myself as like an artist and not yeah. just like giving my stuff away for free. Um, but yeah, I felt cringe even putting a paywall, but I t- did tell people, I was like, if if you can't afford this, yeah, I saw email, that. email me and, and I, and someone has emailed me and, and I, I just, I paid my, for my own subscription. So I just give them my login information. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just like my login information to my own website <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. I mean yeah. I feel like three dollars you know actually I'm gonna subscribe after this um no no Emma I'll give you my I'll no give you my stop thing. no do, I'm do gonna not. pay for your that's not even a copy <laughs> like that's gonna pay for your copy or no it'll pay for your like probably half of your Squarespace account um yeah whatever you have to pay yeah, I, I think I have like a yearly thing and they hit me every month, but me too. I have, I have a yearly month. thing, but then they hit me with like a six dollar charge every month. I was like, what is this for? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Squarespace, I definitely I, I definitely saw like a two hundred dollar charge from Squarespace. I'm like, I really hope this is an annual fee. Otherwise, <laughs> monthly fee. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you really don't have to. That's very sweet of you. Okay, another little intermission here, but I need to talk about my favorite GPS watch in the entire world and also another perfect holiday gift the Koros Pace 2. Koros is sponsoring today's episode of the podcast, but you guys know I wear my Koros watch every single day. The Pace 2 is my favorite GPS watch ever invented. It's super lightweight, easy to use, and it has the best battery life of any GPS watch I've ever used. I have a white one and I also have the blue steel. Lately I've been rocking with the blue steel colorway because it is just so beautiful and it adds like the perfect little touch of color to my outfits usually and I get a lot of compliments on it. Like I said, it's super easy to use. So if you're someone that's like just getting into GPS watches or you're looking to invest it's beginner friendly it also has so many different modes anything i would ever need like indoor run outdoor run walking biking indoor biking swimming it even has a triathlon mode which i'm going to use this weekend which you guys will see in a youtube video anyways super easy to use you just press two buttons and then you're off and running and syncing from the watch to the app and strava is automatic and instant it's also really lightweight so i never even feel it when i'm working out which is ideal for a watch you never really want to feel it on your wrist and you know it's the holiday season if i was someone that was still rocking with like a 10 year old basic watch and was looking to upgrade i would be extremely happy if someone gifted me a koros pace 2 gps watch and right now to complete the gift you can go to koros.com and use code coldbrew to get a free accessory with a watch purchase so then if you gift it to someone you not only get the watch but you also get a free accessory like a band a charger a piece of apparel you just add it to the cart before checking out with the watch you apply the code cold brew and you get that accessory for free the link is in the show notes as per usual but i recommend this watch to anybody and everybody 10 out of 10 koros.com use code cold brew now let's get back into today's episode
did you tell me that you're not you don't you're not a big reader was that I'm not a huge reader I'm definitely not a writer you know I've yeah. done a couple blog posts in my time but yeah. I'll read like every once in a while when I'm in a reading mood I have a lot yeah. of books actually right next to me but I'm not like a I'm not reading every night right right yeah I should be but I sometimes at night I'm, I'm in a good room. background right now I know I I got I have them. Have I read all of them? Certainly not. I'm really into White Lotus. I Is wish it a just... book? no, no. It's a... do you have HBO? Oh. Yeah, no. I watched I watched the show. I was just yeah. wondering if you were like reading a book. I was like, Is there a book about that show? No, I was no. I I just get so tempted by TV. Yeah, me too. Especially when I want to decompress, like I would just watch TV for the most part. Yeah, but yeah. I care about like what my friends are doing, like especially creative people since I feel like a lot I don't have that many friends especially that are in the creator space or just that are doing something outside of like a nine to five or like pursuing other things I like find it very interesting so I'm gonna subscribe to your three dollars a month that's really nice I got I gotta make sure that part of also the subscription thing instead of it just being a one-time fee was me being like I also want to like hold myself accountable yeah it's like putting this stuff out there yeah that's fair do you have any subscription things for your followers no which in terms of like a business model yeah probably to be the best thing to do but i'm not really like that much of a money motivated person not saying that your subscription thing is i already said Mm -hmm. it's not a cash grab yeah yours makes more sense but like a lot of people do subscription-based things as like a business model yeah um but i don't really have anything like I don't know. I I don't really know what I would put out that would be subscription based, really. Yeah. I like it, kind of I did a podcast. Um I started a Patreon a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah, but like the initial launch, I did kind of a bad job marketing it. Um mm-hmm. again, it was just I think I just didn't need another thing on my plate of like making extra content. I think yeah. much of the time. And it just like wasn't that su- successful of a launch. And I was like, I'm gonna hold off on this subscription based thing for a little while. Yeah, is Patreon still a thing? I feel like it was all the rage like a year and a half ago. I feel like people are making their own websites now and doing their own sort of subscription thing. So I don't really know what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I because I it feels better to have your own autonomy. Yeah, like that's why people aren't taking a cut either. Yeah, yeah. Although I do think Squarespace does take a little bit, but again, the money is like for that that subscription is so irrelevant. Yeah, like I I only also have like a hundred subscribers so yeah I guess like 300 bucks is nice um but um I don't know it's not like paying massive bills and yeah it's paying your space yeah 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 so yeah I will see I gotta I need to keep make sure I keep staying focused on that whenever my content does well on TikTok like it's done the past couple days I like it so I'm like more I'm gonna make more content and then it like dies out I don't know if you have that I feel like motivation ebbs and flows probably for a lot of people, but then especially in like the social media world, I feel like it, you just got to ride the waves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like you're, um, like, it seems like you're really happy in San Diego. Yeah, I am. I'm definitely going to stay here. Like, I don't really know where else I would go. I don't really have any other desires at the moment. And it feels good to not like be longing for anything else. And I think, like I said before, I feel like community right now has been, so nice. I don't really think I realized I needed it until I started having it, like until I started making new friends and like building a little network, yeah. people, like being included in more group chats and stuff. Like, yeah, because I feel like I've been independent for so long. Like, it's nice to just have 
people to hang out with like if I need to you know every right. day right. Um, so I think that for me like it's just been a huge part of being back in San Diego and like a lot of the people that I'm friends with are not people that I met before moving back like right. I have a lot of new friends yeah like my high school friends I have quite a few of them but they're all up north in like Encinitas area and they're all mm. like about to be wifed up or uh-huh. they're all booed up different phases yeah. of life like yeah I don't know it's just nice meeting new people um because I feel like it just is more in line with my life at the moment so I don't know it's been a huge I just feel like I've changed a lot over the last couple months like mentally and I just I'm doing really well which is nice yeah and again it ebbs and flows but in terms of like being content with my location and like right. like I want to make a place home I feel like San Diego's it which is nice yeah yeah it must be nice also having your family be nearby yeah well my younger sister just moved to LA actually oh she did yeah which is kind of sad but she just came to visit this last week I mean Ellie's not that far so it's fine yeah why'd she um, go um she's in I think it's like Redondo Beach or like Hermosa Beach I don't even yeah. know exactly um but yeah she she loves it but that's kind of sad because she left but then my older yeah. sister I thought was gonna move back betrayed me and move back to Denver so she's not there anymore yeah to San Clemente um but I don't really see them that often anyways so family's like close, which is nice. But I talk to my sisters every day too. I feel like my siblings and I have become closer, which is nice. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. nice being here. So <laughs> Yeah. No, San Diego's awesome. Yeah. But again, like I feel like every day is different, you know, the motivation. It's just I just love being in my mid twenties. I feel like some days is great and some days it's terrible, but you just gotta ride the wave. So. it is a wave, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I feel like we've already we talked for like two hours. I know. Sorry. I feel like I all. I feel like I was a chatty Kathy, but no. Um, do not say sorry. Like literally, I have no other plans today. So you know, I'm always down for a good combo. Okay. Um, I just don't want to bore my listeners because I feel like there. It's well, people always say that they love our conversations, which is why I had you on again. Like the amount of um, messages I got when I said that you were coming on, they're like, "These are my favorite episodes." Oh. Um, did you get did anyone come through and ask you any questions yeah well people were um yeah let me go to my instagram and check i feel like we covered some of the things like a lot of it was like the marathon experience people asked for first marathon tips oh gosh okay i mean i think just like (laughs) um yeah follow a training plan get your long runs in the, the biggest thing is getting your long runs in every weekend and staying yeah. consistent and building up like really, I, I don't know. It's just the long runs once a week are, I think the most important. And then I, my big thing about marathons is overestimate nutrition and like bring more goos, more energy gels, whatever you like to eat, um, than you think you'll need and just pound them the whole time. Yeah. Because I think that's been kind of my little secret to never having like a totally shitty experience racing. Like I've never had an experience where like my legs give out or I start cramping. And I think it's just because I'm literally eating so much food the whole time. Yeah. I mean, avoiding a bonk is huge. I feel like that is like one of the biggest things. That's like what people struggle with the most with marathon stuff or like endurance stuff is not bonking, which means and, like, it's, yeah. Yeah. What is bonking again? It's like when it's, you run out of fuel. So it's like, yeah. that's like when people are collapsing and their yeah. legs are dying. And then right. it's basically like when you start feeling really weak and then you just lose all ability to move basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's never happened to me. And I think it's because I just eat a ton of goose. Yeah. 
which is yeah. good. Yeah. What do you think, like, when, okay, for New York, when did the pain, like, really start hitting? Like, when do you feel like it was like, oh, I'm running a marathon? Um, Like, mile 19, mm-hmm. which oh, is the classic. Early. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that it was early because I was like, fuck, I still have seven more to go. But yeah. um, but also you're like, I'm in the home stretch almost. <laughs> yeah, which is scary because you're like, I still yeah. have seven miles. But when you hit like around 20, you're like, I'm almost done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like, yeah, you mile with like three miles to go, you're like, I see the finish line. <laughs> and it's like a three I go on three mile runs and like that's my run. For and, I'm, and I'm gassed. Yeah. 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 So. Do you have any pain cave advice? Like when you're just in the hurt locker, like, what are you thinking about? I just think like, keep moving your legs and, and have confidence that it will, it really will pass. And you'll have a new, like within a mile, like a, a mile or two will go by and you'll, you'll feel you, you might be in a type of pain, but it will be a different type of pain. Like there's so many waves that come through during a marathon so just having faith that if you're in if you're really severely in the pain cave that it is probably temporary and stopping is probably not the answer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah. Well, stopping, I feel like yeah, definitely not the answer because then, oh, it oh, might yeah. feel it might feel good in the moment, but that's gonna feel terrible when you start start again. Exactly. Yeah, I think stopping is one of the worst things you can do. Yeah. I did want to talk about this. I just don't want this podcast to go on forever. I don't want to like bore people, but um, it was on my list. Like when I watched your TikTok the other day of talking about how you're like the thing about the sign, like oh yeah, my 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 weepy TikTok, yeah, dude, uh, that like made me tear up though. I mean, because I feel like I understand where you're coming from. Like it's hard, I don't know, doing something like that, but then. And you have like so many people that are cheering you on. And then it's like, yeah. you kind of feel guilty. Cause like, why are you kind of sad that you don't have someone there to make you a sign? Cause it seems like such a silly thing, but it's like, yeah. I feel like I understand. Um, but someone asked like, do you communicate with your family about like them not coming to your races or like. My family is really, um, and I, I'm probably not going to go into like the details of it, but yeah. uh, do I communicate in a way, yes, I do communicate with them, but it's such a kind of complex situation that I, I, yeah, it's hard. It, my family's just not, it's, I'm, I don't have the type of family that comes to marathon races and makes signs. And mm-hmm. that's just people, I don't, I, I, and I didn't want that TikTok to be like, because in so many other ways, I'm such, I'm so privileged and lucky, and I'm lucky to even be able to run, but. Yeah, I've just never, my family's, I've never had parents who, who su- support me in that way. And yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't come to any really, they came, in high school, they would come to some rowing races, but in college, never really. I think they yeah. came to two over the course of my entire college career. So it's just never been, um, yeah, I have like a, like my really, for a couple reasons, a very kind of complex relationship with them, but yeah. And it's tough because I feel like on marathons specifically, you see how beautiful people's families can be. And it's almost like a magnifying glass over like your lack of, um, but yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that too. It's like when people talk about the holiday season too, it's like all, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that. So it's not like you you don't even need to go into detail about it. I'm sure people will understand. 
yeah 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 and and I think when people do have really like when they're like best friends with their mom and like their dad like just I don't know you know when when people have those relationships I think they post about it a lot because it's like a big part of their life and like I I think I went through a phase of like being envy envious in like a kind of a nasty way and being like almost like well they I don't know just like but I was there was this thing that this TikTok I saw recently that was like you know we talk so much about privilege from a like monetary like coming from like a financially privileged background or like uh you know whatever it may be but like this tiktoker was saying she's like no one ever talks like about the privilege of coming from a family where like your parents like were emotionally regulated and like um like coming from a family that wasn't wasn't like severely fucked up in some way and it's like so it is such a gift that like can get you so um gives you such an advantage in life I feel like not and again I don't think I've like I don't think I'm majorly disadvantaged in any way but um yeah yeah I mean that makes a lot of sense like there's different forms of privilege I guess but that is interesting because no one really points that out and it's crazy like yeah the way that you were raised makes a difference like I don't know I feel like especially as I get older I'm starting to realize these things and especially as I'm starting to think about like you know, one day I'm going to have a family and everything. And it's like, you have to pick the right person because the way that you raise your family, like impacts, I don't know. There's just like so much. It's just part of getting older. Yeah. Yeah. And really just not wanting to pass on any of the baggage that you got when you were a kid. And like, I don't know. Cause there's like, as you get older, you realize you are a, a type of way because of the way you were raised and like, just working through that bullshit and like I feel like I can yeah I mean I don't want to get too sappy on this but yeah Yeah. I just like I definitely don't want to be like angry with my kids or like not that you know I just want to be and I feel like I kind of have a temper now and I don't want to like I want to be able to I want to work through that before I have kids yeah before I you know bring any any human into this world yeah that's a very fair point people ask about your experience with body image if you want to talk about that um sure I I mean it's I feel like it's like every other gal out there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think like it's uh yeah I think I've gone through I definitely am going through like a negative phase with my with my bod right now but running a marathon is always like a wonderful reminder of like um running in a marathon is always a beautiful reminder of like wow my body is like my body is my best friend like the fact that my body took me through that and like how dare I look at my stomach and my arms and think they're too flabby or whatever my critique might be because that body just like helps me run 26.2 miles so right now I'm feeling like great but four days ago I was like feeling not great and it's just (laughs) you know it goes up and down um so yeah I don't know if that's helpful but yeah Again, it ebbs and flows, I feel like, yeah. for everyone. Yeah. For me, for sure, it's the same sort of thing. Like, one day I'm feeling great, next day I'm feeling terrible. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just constantly reminding myself that my body does amazing things. It's so, that sounds so cliche and stupid when I just... No, it does, though. It really does. Yeah. And to be able-bodied is such a gift. And, yeah. um, 
yeah I just always think like like when I sometimes when I think of talk to, about my body as like a a third party like uh it, it kind of puts things in perspective of mm-hmm. like you're real Lydia you're really going to talk shit about that thing that just about about your this vessel that allowed you to do these all these incredible things um even just walking like downstairs to your house like I don't know it just sometimes almost getting mad at myself and not in like a negative self-talk way but just being like come on don't don't shit on your body because it has like an extra fat storage yeah I think it allows you to do all these things I think when I turned 25 um which is like a year ago I think my frontal lobe developed Mm. and the body image stuff like and I started going to therapy for it, but like yeah. that plus my frontal lobe developing, I feel like I just don't care nearly as much as I used to about mm-hmm. like my physical appearance. And especially as I've gotten older, I feel like now I'm way more grateful for like how healthy I am mm-hmm. just as a person. Like, am I, I talked to my parents not too long ago. I was like, I'm really grateful for my genetics. Like, I feel like I just have really good genetics of, in terms of like just being really healthy and not having health issues. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, being able to be an athlete too. Yeah. And having like an endurance engine. I just feel like I kind of took it for granted. Um, because especially as you get older, like more people just start to develop health issues. Yeah. Um, not that I know that many people at age 26 that have that many health issues, but like, I don't know, I'm just starting to see it more and it just makes me more grateful for like my body. Um, yeah. And I think it just comes with age too. I feel like it just gets better over time. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to end the episode because it's already it's like an hour 40. Yeah. 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 Um, but people probably loved it. I hope. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> Love you guys. Cold brew coffee. Or yeah. Coffee. Cold, brew, cold brew coffee. <laughs> cold, cold brew coffee, man. Yeah. Cool. Eight, it's 8 p.m. your time now. now it's yeah. Like, I, I got to eat dinner. Yeah. Me too. Well, it's 5 p.m. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, where can people follow you at? Where can they check you out at? Oh, well, most importantly, if you're a real fan, uh, my website, LydiaKeating.com, you can find all sorts of information about my writing. And, and it, my signing up for my newsletter is free. So you, you don't have to pay for the paywall with that. And then you can also find me on my Instagram, LydiaLou12, and my TikTok, LydiaLou121. And my writing Instagram is Daddy Snorlax. But that's, that's um, only if you're interested in the writing stuff. Yeah, love that um well thanks so much for coming on it's always so good chatting with you i feel like it's too easy you know i know i, know I don't even have to like ever write a plan because i'm like i don't know where this episode's gonna go <laughs> i just love chatting for two hours you know? yeah it's a, it's a joy yeah okay well to close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas yeah peace out fellas <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I know it was a little bit longer, but Lydia and I, every time that we hop on a Zoom call, we literally talk for at least two hours, Uh, which just shows you that we are actually good friends outside of social media, which is nice. Um, She's my parasocial bestie. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at convos over cold brew pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. And if you love the podcast, rating and reviewing helps me so much on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. It means the world to me. I love reading your guys' reviews. So I would love if you do that. And just keep listening along. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.